Sports Beat Live AFC Championship Edition with the Chiefs getting ready to host the Cincinnati Bengals at Arrowhead Stadium. You are watching us, brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. Oh, my goodness. Sam got the memo this week. Vahe, you see it. Hey, Sam, we're going to start off with introductions with you, my esteemed colleague, Sam McDowell. You know, I went with the short sleeve version, which is why you haven't seen me wear it very often because it's a little bit chilly in my basement where we record these. Um, I decided AFC Championship week is a, is a good week to tough it out. All Juice team, obviously, in honor of our friend and former colleague, Therese Taylor. Rest in peace, rest in power. Vahe Gregorian also joins us sporting the All Juice team. I got I got all the uh, all the fundamentals correct today. I got the all juice, self-appointed all juice, I might add. <laughs> and uh, hearkening to Sam McDowell's uh, journalism roots, I got the Columbia, Missouri, and coffee mug. Also, my journalism roots. Uh, we're not. It's not every man's a wildcat, Herbie. <laughs> I have to ask you this before we get into the show here. How many coffee mugs do you own? You, you seem to have a different mug for every show. Well. I know this. I got payback at some point. One year, I, I ran out of time at Christmas and gave everybody in my family uh, St. Louis Post-Dispatch coffee mugs. And that was really awful. And uh, not because of the Post-Dispatch, I mean, but because it was such a lame present. And so I feel like it's just been kind of payback for me ever since. I get a lot of coffee mugs. <laughs> hey, you know, before we dive into the Bengals, we have to spend time on last week, what we witnessed an epic 42 to 36 win by the Chiefs. Look, 13 seconds. That I could I don't know about you guys, but I could be I you know, I was visualizing myself and I would like imagining what Therese would have been like in the press box over that last two minutes of the game. I could hear him laughing. <laughs> you know, that, that's exactly what I was hearing. That was an all juice performance, wasn't it, Vahe? Uh it, it was, and it is funny to think about that. I mean, the thing we have to go on about what Therese and uh, uh, our other former colleague <laughs> might have <laughs> done in the press box all goes back to Denver on the Patrick Mahomes first first start and those two guys uh, literally falling out of their seats. If they fell out of that seat, their seats for the pass to Demarcus Robinson that day, I don't know what they would have been doing in that last 13 seconds. We know Sam Mellinger was in the stands – I assume that he was not one of the fans who tried to leave in the last 13 seconds because he's seen a little bit of the Mahomes kid. Um, but, yeah, it, it it is fun to picture that. McDowell, Sam, you're, you also know Sam Mellinger, now the vice president of communications for the Kansas City Royals. Well, how do you think he was reacting down there? Sam, if you're, if you're out there, you got to chime in on the comments here. What, what was going through your head there? Um, I don't know, and uh, I don't care. <laughs> um, you know what was funny about those 13 seconds though is the three of us were scrambling so much uh to do our job that it became i think it was hard for us to appreciate just how incredible it was in the moment because you're concerned about <laughs> how does this change what i need to do um and so i i've rewatched it multiple times this week and Knowing what happens, it's still it's still amazing. Uh, a few aspects of those last couple of plays, and you you mentioned that, Sam. Because this is what I want to dive into. You you have a story that's going to appear in our special section on Friday. So everyone out there, make sure you pick up the the Kansas City Stars Red Friday edition. The special section will have 
revisiting that epic game and also previewing the Bengals. But Sam, 13 seconds, you took a deep dive into this. Well, what did you find when, when you dove into this? Well, I was just sort of fascinated by um, the different perspectives on those last 13 seconds. Uh, Bobby, when I told him I was doing it, called it a kaleidoscope of perspectives. And I, I, I appreciated that term because everybody had a different perspective on that. So, you know, from, from the players to the coaches, I, I was amazed by how calm some of the players were. Um, you know, as soon as the touchdown was scored, we have seen the clip of Travis Kelsey um, just literally trying to find a solution. Okay, here's what we got to do. And he tells Tyreek Hill, here's what's going to be open. Between the next play, tells Patrick Mahomes, here's what's going to be open. And so you did see a team that was so forward thinking in a moment that a lot of people were dwelling on. Um, but that mo- those 13 seconds had a major impact on a lot of people, you know, for people in the stands, for people watching at home. And it, it was, I, I thought it was a, a snapshot of sports, um, the highs and lows of sports, um, but also a snapshot of what a team can mean to people as well. I'll just quick add one thing. Sam is getting into this in many ways, but the thing that's really fascinating is, of course, the psychological element of this. And these guys – stayed on task. They saw what's possible, not what they, not what they couldn't do. And it reminds me uh, of something a, a, a sports psychiatrist told me last year about Patrick. And I, I don't know if I'll have the exact words down, but this is the essence of the thought. Patrick is a guy who has the key. He's just looking for the lock. And that is so telling of his, of his, you know, inner monologue, his mindset not to mention, you know, his capacity to actually do it. So all that going together um, in what uh, Patrick's longtime trainer, uh, Bobby Stroop, would call, you know, being in the flow state. Patrick was in the flow state. And um, as it happened, so were Harrison Butker and, and you know, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and the offensive line and really everybody. It, it It's that's what happens if you can keep your head uh, while all others around you are losing theirs, as the Rudyard Kipling poem goes. You know, just just those four people Vahe just mentioned, all players on the team all handled it differently. Um, we talked to Harrison Bucker, and he act, he was the one player that acknowledged, you know, it's human nature whenever a big play like that happens. First, when Tyree Kill's touchdown happens, to think, hey, we're going to the AFC Championship game. Then when the Bills' Gabriel Davis scores his fourth touchdown with 13 seconds left, to think, it, you know, it, it's probably not going to happen but you have to put that out of your mind. But he was the one person that acknowledged, I did think that initially, but then I immediately go over to the kicking net and start start getting kicks in. And his routine, his mental cues he calls them, is thinking about the way he's missed kicks all the time. And I found that to be unusual that, you know, as you're approaching such a gigantic kick, you think about all the ones you've messed up. And he's got a specific reason for that. It's because, hey, the way you messed this up was because you did this. And so he, he sort of goes through a what not to do list. Then you had Patrick Mahomes and, and we found some data on his, you know, he wears this, this thing called a whoop um, fitness tracker that, that tracks his heartbeat rate. And th- the last 28 minutes of real time, his heart rate was above 144 the entire rest of the game, but it spiked when he was on the sideline watching the game when he's watching the Bills, and when he's watching Harrison Bucker kick the game on a field goal. When he goes into the huddle in those moments, it's as low as it, it, it gets in those last 28 minutes. And so I think that's pretty telling of just how confident he is in himself 
and that's something that he's not going to say because of the arrogance. He's going to always talk about his confidence in his teammates. Um, but it was just indicative of the kind of persona he has when he enters that huddle. The Grim Reaper. That sounds to me like <laughs> the, the Grim Reaper, the, the guy. Yeah, he just collective calm, and, and there's no other way to say it. The guy, what we're talking about here for the viewers, obviously we're, we're talking about the Chiefs moving in the field goal range in 10 seconds, and then the last three seconds was Harrison Butker sending the game to overtime with the 49-yard year, 49 yard field goal. Vahe, you hear us talking about Mahomes. You hear us talking about the players. How much does Andy Reid, his ability to, to be cool and calm under these kinds of circumstances, how much is the team feeding off of him? He's not panicking. So how, how, how much is that in play? He's not. And it's all maybe inseparably entwined in a certain way. I mean, we've sort of joked about this before, but um, there's some truth in the fact that the, the creative collaborative process you see on the field, it, in some ways it's hard to know where Patrick starts and Andy, Andy begins vice versa in terms of what they conjure in, in terms of what they can lay out and how Andy trusts Patrick to, uh, you know, animate it himself. And we saw that in that, you know, just unbelievable uh, uh, mic mic'd up with Travis Kelsey too how that extends beyond that. But that all drizzles down from Andy in a lot of ways. And Andy, you know, there's a lot of different ways Andy could have a sideline persona. Um, somewhere along the line, you know, he, he opted to be, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the cool, calm guy on the sidelines. Very rare you see Andy get, Andy get worked up over there. And I think this is one of those moments where you see the benefit of that. Um, I think, if you have a hysterical coach in a, in a crazy time, I'm not sure that that doesn't, you know, influence how things play out. And I, so there's a reason different coaches take on these things and you have to have coached to your personality. What's interesting about Andy is that there's a lot to Andy's personality. He just plays it differently, uh, uh, you know, at different times. Here, here's a question. Okay. With, with 13 seconds left, We've seen a lot of sports. Okay, we, we've seen it all. Be honest here. How many of us thought this game was over after the Bills struck with that touchdown? I, I, I'll be honest because, uh, hey, everybody can go ahead and pick on me. I picked the Bills to win this game. So when that touchdown happened, I was like, all right, there it is. There's no way in the world with 13 seconds that the Chiefs can get in field goal range. Who, who else was thinking that? Well, uh, let me say this. So I got a text from a friend with 102 left when Tyree Kill scored. And I, I texted back and said, yeah, it's not over. Um, and then that 13 seconds happened. I, I, I wish we could replay kind of our conversation in there in that moment because some something, Sam McDowell, I think, or I, maybe I want to take credit for it, but I think Sam said it. Uh, wouldn't be the first time. Um joke like that 13 seconds was too much um and it was a joke but I remember feeling like okay I this this is probably isn't going to happen but but I don't think it's impossible I just wanted to see what they were going to how they were going to approach it and what you realize by the play they called right away was that actually they were staying pretty methodical uh they weren't looking to some kind of chaotic Hail Mary situation they they you know to, to use the term I used earlier, they had the key. They just needed to find the lock. And that was that 19-yard pass to Tyree Kill. After that, 
I think Sam, again, Sam and I sitting next to each other, I think I turned to Sam or Sam turned to me. I think we were both feeling the same way. Maybe you were too, Herbie. Well, you can see how now. I mean, yeah. it, you didn't expect it to be that easy a connection on the next play. Uh, you still have to wonder how Kelsey got off the line after the whole strategy against Kelsey has to be mugging him at the line. Um, but no, nevertheless, after that play, after the Tyreek Hill pass, you could see how. Yeah, I couldn't I, see how before that. I, I didn't think the game was over. Um, I certainly thought the Bills were going to win at that point. Um, but I, I, I saw I saw an avenue to where the, the Chiefs could do what they did. Um, I did not anticipate that the Bills would play into the Chiefs' hands as much as they did. I mean, Vahe referenced one of the points, but you know, on the first play, I think the Bills play the right defense. On the second play, there's a lot of things the Bills do wrong. They sort of anticipate that the Chiefs are going to be running sideline routes, which is what Travis Kelsey recognized in their, the way they were lining up before the Bills called timeout. And that's what he told Patrick Mahomes is they're taking away the sideline. That seam route's open. That seam route shouldn't be open because the Chiefs had multiple timeouts left. There was no reason to anticipate that the Chiefs needed to get to the sideline. And then they rushed four, which really surprised me. I'd take a, an extra guy off the line and just chip Travis Kelsey and rush late. You know, the, there was – the reason there's no reason to rush for is the Chiefs need every second available. They're not going to have a play where the quarterback is scrambling around. You're thinking, oh, he's got way too much time to throw. If Patrick Mahomes had too much time to throw in that situation, it's a good thing for the defense. So I, I think the Bills probably have a, you know, it'd be fascinating to cover the Bills this week, especially, you know, Monday, Tuesday, because I think they have a lot of questions to answer about the way they handled that end of that game. The squib kick, lack of a squib kick, of course, is another one. I just thought they had multiple ways to to burn out the clock in different avenues, which is why, you know, the coin toss conversation is relevant. It's going to be relevant moving forward. But in this particular game, I, I, I had less time to hear about the overtime rules because of the way the Bills blew it in regulation. Yeah, you're absolutely – go ahead, Mike. Oh, just real quick back to, uh, you know, uh, Tyler Hoffman, I believe it was, just had a comment on there. That was my first thought uh, about the Tyree kill, uh, the play they used, you know, that that worked against Dallas uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, sort of the the Tyreek Mary or whatever you want to call it. Um, and when they didn't try to pull off something like that, was really when that's how I saw the path. I, I obviously you can't know they could do that, but by you could see the method to the madness there. When they when they didn't do something that you know would be like your desperation play, right? I mean, it, it it could work, but it would be desperation. Yeah, and you're right. And then I think if we learned anything from that game, you know, there's always a question: how much time is too much time for these elite type quarterbacks? You know, you see a minute and a half left. Oh, that's too much time for Aaron Rodgers. I think Patrick Mahomes rewrote that book. <laughs> I mean, I, clearly, 13 seconds is entirely too much time for Patrick Mahomes to move the Chiefs into scoring position. By the way, quick quick thing here. I, I, and I, I was kind of fading in and out of working on something else with Byron Pringle's interview yesterday. Did anybody get to ask him if uh, why he wears number 13 and if that number means anything different to him now? I, I, I'm always curious about athletes that uh, wear 13. Um, and it, it reminds me, some years ago, I had occasion to ask Kurt Warner why he wore 13. And he said it was to demystify, basically to demystify that that there's any such thing as superstition. Um, but in this case, it kind of is going to have a different effect, I think. 
<laughs> now, now look at like that's the number to uh, to look to. I, I had a question or um, a comment on what Herbie said about the the time with Patrick Mahomes, and this will be a good transition to the AFC Championship game. The, the Chiefs need to learn a lesson from what happened too. You know, as much as that they have drilled what's going on in practice, you know, through practice, I mean, to prepare for that situation, they saw it work and they saw the amount of time it took to work and they can implement that in future games. You know, the way they handled the end of the, the first Bengals meeting, we criticized. And one of the reasons we criticized is because Patrick Mahomes is on the other sideline. You want to finish the game with the ball in his hands. We saw how little time he needed to make something happen, which just amplifies, I think, the mistakes they made at the end of that first Bengals game. Yeah, and that, that's a great point. And oh, just real quick, Herbie, it, it reminds me also, I thought you were going to go to this place, Sam, where uh, who was it, Tyree Kill, first talking about how the preparation for late game comes from those boring meetings uh, right. on Friday. And then I don't have the exact words in front of me, but McCole Hardman describing it as being like changing diapers, that, that meeting, like, <laughs> like, I think they need to be in a little more into that meeting. Luckily they seem to be paying enough attention. <laughs> That's a very good point. And to Sam's point, yeah, I suspect next time uh, the Chiefs are near the goal line and, and it makes sense to let the opponent score, Defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo is probably going to call freeway a lot faster than he did the last time they played the Bengals. And that's going to lead us to our break. After the break, we're going to start talking about the Chiefs matchup with the Bengals. But first, a word from our sponsor, the University of Kansas Health System. March 4th, 2015, I got out of the shower and felt a lump in my left breast. We were able to quickly uncover that she had two subtypes of breast cancer, each of them requiring separate and unique treatment plans. This is why you come to the University of Kansas Cancer Center. It is critical to be treated by a team of experts in that specific cancer type. If you don't start with us, I think you'll have more questions than answers. Why would you go anywhere else? You're muted, Harvey. That's our sponsor, the University of uh, <laughs> the University of Kansas Health System. I'm joined by my colleagues Vahe Gregorian, Sam McDowell on Sports Beat Live. Gentlemen, this is going to be a pretty interesting game. You know, the Chiefs seem to be on a revenge tour. The Bills beat them in the regular season. The Chiefs got them. The Bengals beat the Chiefs 34 to 31 back in Week 17. What needs to happen this game? What is the first priority for the Chiefs this game? And the biggest takeaway from the last game, Sam. I think the, the number one priority is number one. I mean, the way Jamar Chase tore them up last game, obviously the Chiefs have to defend him differently. Um, whether it's with double teams, I don't know, um, because the Chiefs like to blitz. I mean, you know, Steve Spagnola, I think, blitzes about the seventh most frequent of any defensive coordinator. You've got a double team of guy, you've got less, less rushers. Um, but this is not a team that the Chiefs should need to blitz because their offensive line is their weakness. You know, Joe Burrow was sacked nine times in Tennessee. That's where the, the, the Chiefs have to win the battle. So all the conversation is going to be about defending these three wide receivers. The three wide receivers become a lot easier to defend when the quarterback only has a second and a half to throw the ball. Bye. Great. Yeah, great point, Sam McDowell. I mean, I do think that's that's priority one. Priority two is I hope that um, since, they've, since that last game, they've worked on the uh, – uh, the defense that allows the late touchdown, um, they've converted that from freeway to Audubon and made it made it like an even more accessible route. 
uh, just in case they need that. I don't think they'll need that. I think that uh, I don't think they're going to win comfortably exactly, but I I think I think the Bengals will get, put up some points, but I think the Chiefs will put up plenty of points. Um, so I, I it, 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 again, if they play to their capacity and avoid turnovers, I, you always have to have that caveat. But they've been doing that, and uh, I don't think there's much reason to think that they can't just do that again. Uh, every game takes on its own personality, of course, and things that happen early can domino. Uh, so it's obviously important for them to get off to a good start too. I mean, they, they've shown us they can, they can still win without that, but um, you know, why not take the path of least resistance? Yeah. And I think, you know, when Sam mentions Jamar chase, I mean, this guy was a monster there, uh, what 11 catches, 266 yards and three touchdowns. And this takes on importance because when you look at the bills, Gabriel Davis had 201 yards receiving as well as four touchdowns. Now, I don't know, you know, we go from the 13-second game, and the biggest thing that we're going to remember from the Bengals game is third and 27. You know, I see some comments in there, the triple team Chase Daniel, not Chase Daniel, Jamar Chase. (laughs) If we're triple teaming Chase Daniel, then there's a problem. (laughs) But to triple team Jamar Chase, but is that realistic? You know, Sam, you you mentioned – Getting after Joe Burrow, and you don't necessarily need to blitz. The guy was sacked nine times last week against the Titans, 13 quarterback hits. The Chiefs had four sacks, 10 quarterback hits against Burrow in week 17, and, and yet he was still able to find Jamar Chase. So how do you specifically cover Jamar Chase? Yeah, I think it's going to have to be with multiple bodies. I mean, you know, Joe Burrow is willing to give his receivers chances to make plays. And a couple of those plays that Jamar Chase had, I mean, Charverius Ward was absolutely in position on one of the touchdowns and just didn't make the play. You know, he, he had him defended on the third and 27 and just didn't make the play. But that's part of your equation as a defensive coordinator that you consider is Jamar Chase is a playmaker. He goes up and gets the ball. He high points it. And so, I, you know, I, I think that you've got to defend him with multiple bodies. But you bring up a good point about Gabriel Davis because he got them in spots where they should have had safety help. You know, he burned Juan Thornhill on a, the 75-yard touchdown because he just ran right by him. And the last touchdown, the Chiefs were all out of sorts right before the snap. But still, Armani Watch should have been cutting over and, and, and defending that pass and giving LeJarius Sneed help. Or LeJarius Sneed should have had inside leverage. You don't know which play the Chiefs called. Which, you know, brings up, is Tyron Matthew going to play? And we don't know yet if Tyron Matthew is going to play. Andy Reid expressed optimism yesterday. Um Practices is here in a couple of hours on Thursday, and we'll know whether or not he's out there. Yeah, and the other you know, good news for the Chiefs is they they should have Rashad Fenton back as well because he's missed the last two games with a back injury, but he practiced fully on Wednesday, so he's his, he's trending up, and the Chiefs certainly could use Rashad Fenton because Mike Hughes uh, he's been burned quite a few, quite a few times over the last couple of weeks, and he's in there because Rashad Fenton is out. With this game right here, okay, what's the X factor for the Chiefs to go ahead and beat the Bengals, Vahe? Well, it, it's so obvious, but, I mean, it really is, you know, how they how they contain Chase and, and, and really Burrow. I mean, right, he's not going to – obviously, he's going to understand. The Bengals are going to understand that Chase will be a priority for the Chiefs. I mean, they'll have some alternatives in mind, but but that's it. And I, we, we, I saw one comment, you know, that, that – Burrow's throwing a lot of 50-50 balls. That, that might be true, but Burrow's throwing a lot of 50-50 balls with incredible precision. 
um, at, at difficult angles. So whatever it is, time of release is that the chiefs have to uh, bump that up a tick or two and, and, and get to him. What, what's funny is I don't remember how much they got to him in that game, maybe because we saw the results of where the ball went uh, way more often. I, I don't think they bothered him a lot that game. And that, that's yeah. going to have to change. Sam, what is your X factor this game? Well, I, I do think Steve Spagnuolo is going to make adjustments. We, we've seen historically over his career that he's, he's willing to change things up. He did so midseason. Um, and I, I think given the opportunity to see how his scheme played out against these guys a month ago, he knows that he has to change something. And so I do think it's going to be bracketed coverage or just a, a safety um, shaded towards Jamar Chase, in which case to me the X factor becomes how, <clears throat> how you defend the other guys. You know, T. Higgins is a great receiver. Tyler Boyd's a really good receiver. He's got a lot of speed. Um, so I, I think it comes down to can they win? You know, can Legereus Sneed win in the, snot, in the slot against guys like Higgins and, and Boyd? Um, so I, I think shutting those other guys down one-on-one is, is going to be the key. Yeah, and that's a fantastic point on the other wide receivers because don't forget T. Higgins, people, he also had a 1,000 yards receiving. You know, the Bengals – had two of them, Jamar Chase as well as T. Higgins. And, and Tyler Boyd is regardly, widely regarded as one of the top slot wide receivers in the National Football League. All right, predictions. Sam, I know you filed your predictions uh, late last night, <laughs> late Wednesday night. Let's go around the horn here. Sam, who do you pick to win this game? You know, the, the Chiefs' first playoff game, I thought they would just blow out the Steelers. I could not figure out a way that that game would, would be close. Last week, of course, I picked the Bills to win. Although I pointed out to Vahe, I called it a coin toss game, so I'm still sticking by that. Um, I think this one falls somewhere in between. Uh, you know, I don't think it's a blowout, but I also don't think it's a, a game that's going to come down to the final possession. So I think um, I had 34 to 20. I think I had 34 to 23 Chiefs, um, but it's it's somewhere in that neighborhood. You know, I, I think I think it's a two possession game. Bye. Um, looks to me like really the same kind of numbers. I mean, I think again, these, these, these final scores, uh, you know, we, we only pick the final score. We, we're not paid to get it right. And, uh, <laughs> also you get to these final scores by a lot of funny different ways, right? So the chiefs beating the Bengals 31 to 21 with a, a late touchdown is different than the chiefs, you know, the Bengals getting a late touchdown. Right? So we'll, we'll see how it plays out, but I see like, 35-21 Chiefs, something in that neighborhood. I, 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 you know, I think I agree, you know, and, and shame on me for picking against the Chiefs when we, last week against the Bills. I just don't see how in the world after that win they don't come out of this game and earn that trip to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to pick the Chiefs as well. I'm going to go with a blowout here. I'm going to say 42-20 to 20, Kansas City Chiefs with the win, and they earned that trip to the Super Bowl. Sam, go ahead. You're going to say something? No, I just – I like that you didn't pick exactly what I picked this week. I'm glad you actually <laughs> – That is – if folks remember, Sam and I almost had the – well, actually, he said his score first, and then I followed up, and, of course, he's quick to point it out to me. Hey, guys, that that is it for this week. Uh, we should set up well for a great game on Sunday. It's going to have a lot of offensive uh, fireworks projects to be that way. But all three of us are in agreement. We think the Chiefs win, and they will be on their way to Los Angeles. Join us Sunday night after the game for another edition of Sports Beat Live, brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. 
where we will break down what happened and the Chiefs' path to the Super Bowl continues. For Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, and for our producer in the back, Monty Davis, I am Herbie Teope. Enjoy your day and catch everything on the Kansas City Star.